Chapter 6 of Dave Dashaway Around the World by Roy Rockwood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Chapter 6 The Stolen Biplane. The alarming words spoken by Hiram were sufficient to at once bring Elmer out of bed and on to his feet. Speedy as Elmer was, however, Hiram was outside, shoeless and hatless, almost before his drowsy companion had drawn on his sweater. "'What's the trouble?' panted Elmer, trailing after his companion a minute later. His eyes grew big with wonder and suspense as he noticed Dave and the hangar man running around to the rear of the portable biplane shelter. In front he saw Hiram, posed like a statue, and staring hard. "'The comet is gone!' announced Hiram. "'Look there! Gone!' He spoke in a tone of voice as if the whole world was slipping away from them. Elmer, gaining his side, saw that the hangar was empty. "'Oh, say!' he gasped. "'You don't mean to say stolen yes that is sure came in dave's tones and the young aviator hurried around to the spot you see whoever took it drew the steel frames and canvas out of the whole back the hangar man was explaining the wheel marks yonder run about twenty feet whoever did it knew his business there was no wasted fooling around up and away was the program. Dave stood silent, thinking hard. Elmer came up to him, worried and anxious. By this time, Hiram had got full steam on. See here, Dave, he cried. What is this? A trick or something serious? It's pretty serious, answered the young airman. Whoever ran away with the comet had a bad motive in view. I feel certain of that. You mean to keep us from making the start in the race? inquired Elmer anxiously. Just that, assented Dave positively. No ordinary thief would steal the biplane, for he couldn't sell it. Professionals do not meddle with other people's machines. I've got a lot of suspicions about this mysterious piece of business, but there's no time to lose in theorizing. No, we must get on the track of the comet right away, declared Hiram, adding, But how? Dave gave a few rapid undertone directions to the hangar man. Then he hurried back to the living tent, followed by his friends, and all completed dressing. Then, Dave piloting the way, they made a brisk run for the office building of the club in control of the meet. The young airman was lucky in running across the manager, a man who knew his business thoroughly. Inside of an hour, with his perfect knowledge of details, he had telegraphed every aviator and practice station in the east to be on the watch for the stolen machine. Dave was leaving the office building when they met Mr. Brackett. "'Oh, father!' exclaimed his son in distress. 
the comet has been stolen the aeroplane manufacturer was stunned by the announcement dave motioned him instantly to one side hiram's heart took hope as he noticed the business-like look on dave's face he's got some plan worked out already announced hiram to elmer dave isn't telling us all he has guessed out whatever information the young airman was imparting to mr brackett the latter seemed greatly interested and his troubled face cleared somewhat as dave proceeded soon the manufacturer hurried away dave consulted his watch and came briskly up to his young fellow aviators there is just time to get our breakfast he announced the boys had about completed the meal when an automobile drove up in front of the restaurant and the aeroplane manufacturer got out dave hurried to his side there was a brief consultation and our hero beckoned to his friends you had better come with me hiram said the young aviator i shall need you if you will keep track of things around the hangar elmer it will help out dave waved his hand to the manufacturer and his son and told hiram to jump into the seat beside him they made a quick spin for the office of the manager the young airman came out with several telegrams in his hand he read these over carefully while his companion was cranking the machine then he thrust them into his pocket and took charge of the wheel say began hiram as they left the arrow grounds and started down a lonely country road tell me are you going on a hunt for the comet yes replied the young airman. I don't know that there is much chance of running down the people who stole the biplane, but they can't sail far without being reported. What is their object in stealing it anyhow? asked Hiram. If you want my honest opinion, I think they are trying to keep us out of the race, replied Dave. Oh, exclaimed his companion, then you think it's professionals who are at the bottom of this mischief it was certainly an expert airman who piloted the comet away so snugly declared dave i believe though that he was hired by others why dave what do you mean inquired the puzzled hiram i can't explain everything to you just now replied dave i am not trying to throw any air of mystery about this strange disappearance of the comet but you remember telling me about seeing that schemer vernon come out of the hampton flats in the city why yes assented hiram with a start of enlightenment well i have reason to believe that he is mixed up with this affair you don't say so bound to bother the brackets to the last limit is he no i believe his motives lead in an entirely different direction this time replied dave but he would say no more on the topic just then he resumed of course we must find the comet by this time tomorrow or start in the race with another machine oh then we'll go anyway asked hiram brightening up say that's great 
and he uttered an immense sigh of relief. Mr. Brackett has telegraphed for the Zephyr, which is at Baltimore, explained Dave. It will be on the grounds before night. Have you any clue as to what has become of the comet? asked Hiram. I have a very strong theory, replied the young aviator. Whoever made away with the comet did not venture to fly north. Too many machines were on their way to the meet, and they would be seen. The manager wired in every direction. An unknown airship was sighted twice early this morning, both times about fifty miles from Washington, going southwest and making for the mountain districts. "'What do you guess from that, Dave?' inquired Hiram eagerly. "'I think they are trying to hide or lose the comet until it is too late to start in the race. Of course, hopeless as it may seem, we must try and recover the machine.' "'Yes, the Zephyr cannot begin to compare with our special machine,' said Hiram. "'Besides that,' added Dave, I hope to find out who ran away with the biplane. If Vernon is indeed back of it, that discovery would throw a good deal of light on a certain subject in which I am greatly interested at the present time. Hiram was prudently silent. He wondered to himself, however, if the subject at which his companion hinted had anything to do with the young lady in the automobile and Dave's visit to the Hampton Flats. It was about eleven o'clock when the young airman stopped at a town named Wayne. He made a second stop at a little settlement ten miles beyond. The automobile had now gotten well in among the hills, and the scenery had grown wilder and wilder. Some airship passed over here just before daylight this morning, Dave finally reported to Hiram. "'Do you know the direction it went in?' asked the latter. "'Yes, we will keep on and make Terryford. If we get no information there, I guess we will have to give up the hunt.' It was shortly after noon when they passed an old farmhouse. As they whizzed by, Hiram remarked some sheds in ruins and smoking yet as if recently consumed by fire. He called the attention of his comrade to the fact. They sped on. Less than half a mile accomplished, they saw ahead a steep high hill. By the side of the road, seated on a level rock, was a man holding a rifle between his knees. Something about the grim, watchful manner of the farmer attracted the curious attention of both the boys. Dave brought the machine to a halt at the side of the road. "'Say, my man,' he called out pleasantly, "'have you seen or heard of an airship anywhere around here this morning?' It was quite startling the way the farmer came to his feet. His eyes flashed, and he handled his weapon in a menacing way. "'Have I?' he cried fiercely. I reckon so, and I'm ready to riddle the troublesome old contraption the minute she shows herself again. End of chapter 6